that's that's going to be the largest temptation. That's going to be the first place a lot of churches are going to want to go when they start talking about reducing expenses is payroll and reduction in force. Don't do it alone. Get some help uh, as you walk through that process. Hello and welcome to another episode of Law and Church, a podcast for church leaders. My name is Brian Fitton. I'm here with Josh Bryant, managing attorney at Church General Counsel and an ordained pastor. Hey, Josh, I think we're uh, we're coming out of this this uh, pandemic, but there's obviously uh, lots of repercussions and things that have happened because of it. Um, you know, we're going to talk today really about dealing with this financially from a church's perspective, you know, how they can recover from this, but then also just some some good points and some different, you know, wisdom, uh, especially dealing in this world. And so kind of tee us up a little bit for what, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, you know, this, this pandemic is not going anywhere, not because the virus is going to stick around necessarily, but because of the effects of the pandemic are going to stick around for a while. I actually heard a report this morning that said, uh, that we could really expect several years before our economy reaches goes back to full employment. Uh, and when I hear things like that, and we're talking about church health and how we can best help churches, uh, I'm thinking about, okay, what is that going to do to donor confidence uh, from a nonprofit standpoint? How are, how are our giving numbers going to be reflected in the fact that hey, we're fixing to probably come out with 10, 11, 12% unemployment, which is unheard of um, in recent economic history. Uh, what, what are we going to do with that? How are we going to get people back to work? And then how long is it going to take for people to catch up financially to where they feel comfortable uh, giving to the church again? And, and certainly we want to make sure that uh, we don't lose faith in God's ability to provide. Uh, you know, I think that's certainly something that we're going to hear is uh, there are going to be stories after stories after stories of God providing for his people. Uh, and, and certainly we want to make sure we encourage people, even in difficult financial times, to give their tithe to the church. Uh, but we need to expect and be realistic that uh, that our giving numbers are not going to go back to where they were for a while. Uh, we're we're going to be here for a little while. Uh, but there are church leaders out there right now who are listening to the podcast, who are plugging away. They know right now we've got some difficult decisions to make. Uh and, and here's where I want to encourage church leaders. Now's the time to make those decisions. If you don't make those decisions now, they will make themselves for you um, and or other people are going to make that decision for you. So right now is the time to start making some financial decisions. They are hard decisions. OK, these are hard decisions to make. But if you're a church leader, if you're an elder, if you're a senior pastor, uh, if you're on a personnel committee and you're listening to this podcast, whatever the case may be, now is the time to be thinking through some very, very hard decisions. You need to look at the data. You need to look at the facts and you need to get ready to make some hard decisions. But now is the time to do it, not later. And so we want to talk about some of those from a financial standpoint. What are some things that we can do to ensure our financial security later on down the road? And ultimately, my goal in this particular episode is to avoid the phone calls six months from now, a year from now that say we're a church and we need to file for chapter 11 bankruptcy, that we need to seek bankruptcy protection. It happens. And if it's necessary, I'm happy to walk with churches through that process. Uh, I've done it before with, with churches who, who were struggling to repay some debts. And so we're going to talk a little bit about debt, but ultimately before we get to that point, what are some things we can do now to shore things up financially for our church? And so we're going to talk through some of the, some of the more difficult decisions that could be need to be made in order to do that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, this is definitely, again, it's hard on everyone, but it definitely with churches, I mean, you're supporting the hurting, the broken, and there are so many people that are dealing with that right now. And so rather than panic, we have to be preparing for the future. And I think you laid that out uh, just, just perfectly. Um, so if we look at this, you know, a lot of times the first thing we go into doing, especially on a personal budget, is cutting the expenses, right? And we're looking at that. So what are kind of some of the larger expenses that churches have? Yeah, you know, the number one expense that a church typically has is its payroll budget, okay? Because we have staff, we've got people we need to pay, we've got to pay our pastors, we've got to pay pay our staff. And, and we're not just talking about their salaries, but we're talking about the insurance costs, we're talking about uh, paying into their retirement and some of those other benefits that go into it. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially for non-pastoral staff or non-ministerial staff, we also have to consider Social Security and Medicare uh, payments and Medicaid uh, uh, taxes that we have to pay. And so all of those things are, are expenses that uh, a lot of times when churches or any kind of business or an organization that hires people, when they're looking at how do we cut expenses, that's the first place they go is payroll. Uh, and so, yes, churches may need, like many other organizations around the country right now, need to take a look at, do we need to do a reduction in force? I hope, beyond all hope, and I'm praying for churches right now, that that does not happen, that we don't have to do a reduction in force. But again, being realistic, there are going to be churches who are financially struggling enough that they're going to have to consider a reduction in force, okay? And that means layoffs. That means we're going to have to let some people go. Um and again, you talk about hard decisions, but that's leadership. Leaders make hard decisions. Uh, and, and so we want to be there right alongside you to help make those decisions. We want to help you enforce that decision or, or implement that decision in a compassionate manner, but also one that is legally safe. And so when we start talking about reductions in force, this is not something that you need to do willy-nilly, especially if you're a, a larger church. Say if you've got a staff of four or five, you need to make sure that we're very, very careful in how we go about doing a reduction in force. Uh, you know, we need to take a look at things and make sure that there is no possibility whatsoever that it could be interpreted as a discriminatory firing. Okay. When people get fired, they sue. Okay. It, 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 you, you see mass layoffs and mass firings. The, the natural inclination is, oh, well, you've discriminated against me because of whatever characteristic. And so we've got to make sure that there is just, there's no argument of that. And so if you have to do a reduction in force, looking at the numbers, looking at how much you're, you're spending and how much it'll save you to do that reduction in force, give us a call, help, uh, let us help you walk through those, uh, your workforce uh, to make sure that we eliminate any possibility of there being a claim of discrimination in that, uh, that layoff. We need to talk about severance agreements, okay? When we talk about a compassionate layoff, the least compassionate thing you can do is say, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. We've got to lay off and then let the conversation end there, okay? That's that's not yeah. a compassionate thing to do. We need to talk about severance agreements to let you go. But because of this, and we know this is a hard time, and we know we want to help your family through this transition, we're going to provide you a very generous severance package. Those are types of things that you need legal help walking through. We need to be able to provide you with a severance agreement uh, that everybody's going to sign off on so that not because we need contracts in order to protect us. Yes, that's part of it. But ultimately, what we really want is to make sure everybody's on the same page, that everybody is very clear about here's what you're going to get and here's how we're going to help you going into the future. 
And that in and of itself is a very, very good reason where now is the time to make difficult decisions. Now's the time to start asking, do we need to do a reduction in force? Because right now, even if you've got the cash to last you six months, if you're making that decision right now, you're in a position where you can pay a three or four or five month severance package to somebody. Okay. Whereas if you wait six months and now you're struggling to meet payroll and you're struggling all over, but how are you going to have the money then to pay that generous severance? Okay. So again, now's the time to be making those hard decisions, uh, but you need legal help walking through those severance agreements in order to be as compassionate and as helpful to your workforce as possible as you go through that reduction in force. And so that's that's going to be the largest temptation. That's going to be the first place a lot of churches are going to want to go when they start talking about reducing expenses is payroll and reduction in force. Don't do it alone. Get some help uh, as you walk through that process. Absolutely. When you want to obviously justify the cost, right? And that's why I was saying at the beginning of it, we don't want to panic in these situations because um, there are businesses out there right now that are thriving. You know that are that have really pivoted. And, and are serving people. And I, I use the term businesses because the church essentially is a business. It is up and running, right? It, it is one of those things that um, it has to have financial income. And so um, not to panic up front, but to make sure that you're evaluating those costs and not just doing something out of fear. And, and I think right. you lay that out uh, pretty well at the beginning too. So, um, so we talk about, you know, churches being financially healthy and we, you, even kind of teed this up in our last podcast episode about just kind of recouping some costs, right? Uh, what what were those? Yeah, absolutely. And I get this this, this question all the time: is uh, hey, we're a nonprofit, so we can't charge to do anything, right? And my answer is no, no. You can absolutely charge to do things, and I know nonprofits uh, who really make a whole bunch of money—not necessarily churches, but nonprofits that make a whole bunch of money—charging for what service or good they provide. Uh, and so, yes, you as a church absolutely can charge for certain things uh, as long as that money is used for your uh, mission, for your your nonprofit uh, character. And so um, if you have Bible studies and you have curriculum like books or whatnot that you're, you're handing out, it is OK for you as a church to say we are going to provide this curriculum at the cost of. $10 a book or whatever. Okay. You don't want to turn a profit on it because if you turn a profit, now you're starting to look at sales tax issues and, and things like that. But if you are just recouping the cost, it is okay for you to ask your church members to pay for those things. Okay. And there are a whole bunch of different little things that, that, uh, and little expenses that the church has that they can ask uh, church members to recoup. You know, uh, a lot of, of churches subscribe to uh, online devotional platforms or, online video platforms, you can sell, uh, as long as the agreement with that company doesn't prohibit it, you can say, hey, we want to provide this to you as our church. It's going to cost you $3 or it's going to cost you $5 or whatever, just to get access to something that you as a church may pay $500 for so that 100 people can have access to it. It's okay for you to recoup some of those expenses. Where you need to be careful is, again, earning a profit because then you are going to, to start looking at, uh, at sales tax issues that you're going to have to comply with. It is okay for you to earn a profit. Okay, You can sell those books for more. If you, if you bought those books at $10 a piece and you want to sell them to your congregation at 12 that's fine. You can do that, but you need to be prepared that you're going to have to pay sales tax and you're going to have to get all of those, that infrastructure in place if you're going to do that. So you got to be cautious there. You also have to be cautious about rental income, okay? So a lot of times churches are going to say, hey, uh, we've got to recoup some of our costs here 
weddings. We've got weddings coming up and we may do a, a, a podcast in the future on weddings. We'll see, but uh, we've got weddings come up uh, in, in the, the spring and summer and people are, are starting to, you know, kind of ease their social distancing. So we're going to allow this wedding to go forward in our church, but we need to recoup the cost of that because we're going to have to pay to have it cleaned. We're going to have to pay to have it cooled and, and we're gonna have to pay to have the lights on and we're gonna have to pay people to be there to run the sound and, you know, when you have to pay our pastor and things like that, it is okay for you to charge that for the service. What you don't want to do is say, we're going to charge a rental fee where you rent the facility. Okay. And here's the caveat. If you own the facility outright, no mortgage, it's fine for you to do that. You absolutely can charge rental income. As long as that, that income goes back into the mission of the church, you can do that. Now, if you have a mortgage on your property, all right, and you, you're continuing to pay it off and you rent that out, the IRS says, well, you're using that money to pay the mortgage, not to do ministry. And if you're using that money to pay the mortgage, that is unrelated business income. And now you're not only going to have to pay sales tax. You wouldn't pay sales tax on rent anyways, most of the time, but now you're going to have to pay income tax on it. Okay. Cause you have just earned an income because that's not going to your charitable mission. It's going to pay uh, the mortgage to your building. So be careful there when you're talking about renting your facility out, but even then don't necessarily be afraid of that. Okay. You can absolutely rent your facility out. And if uncle Sam gets a little bit, that's okay. All right. You just need to be prepared and have your accountants on, on backup to prepare the proper unrelated business income tax uh, filings. Um, you know, but when you look at it, you say, okay, well, we're just not going to rent our facility out. Okay. Well, you, you, you could rent it out for $500 for this, this event that somebody's wanting to do, uh, and pay a hundred dollars in, in unrelated business income tax. I don't know. I'm just using numbers here. Yeah. Well, that's $400 that you have now that you wouldn't have had if you just said, oh, we're not going to do it. So don't be afraid of unrelated business income. Just be prepared to pay the taxes on it. Uh, go ahead and rent that facility out. Even if you are going to incur taxes, go ahead and do things uh, and, and earn income for, for the use of your facilities. Um, because at the end of the day, it's money that you wouldn't have otherwise. And it's money that you can pump back into the ministry and maybe avoid those reductions in force. Uh, if we're using our facilities wisely and, and making sure that we're recouping costs when we allow other people to use our facilities or, or we do things, we can recoup costs from those things. And so certainly do that. Uh, find ways in which you can recoup some of those costs, uh, either online or uh, in person. Uh, recoup those costs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're also doing a service to those mm -hmm. who need it as well. And I think that that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. So um, I will say, you know, just even in, in our world in general, right, during this pandemic that a lot of people have, you know, started incurring debt and, you know, and going to the bank and, and looking at, you know, what that looks like to, to help maintain as they're going through this. Uh, but what does it look like on the church side to incur some debt during this time? Absolutely. You know, one of the questions that inevitably are probably running through some people's minds or what if I can't pay the mortgage? What if I can't pay the credit card bill uh, that we've accumulated? Or what if I can't pay these bills? Listen, right now is the time to go and deal with this. When the economy starts to recover, if the church, even if the church hasn't recovered as much yet, and you go to your banker at that time and say, hey, we're still struggling, they're going to be far less willing uh, to start talking through forbearance agreements and things like that than they are right now where they understand and they are very, very sympathetic with everybody struggling. 
Okay. So if you're looking at your numbers and you've got somebody who's helping you do some financial projections and you're seeing, man, we're going to have a shortfall at X, you know, in, in, in four months or six months, whatever. Uh, and you've talked through reduction in force and you're cutting expenses and you're shutting off services that are on a monthly recurring revenue, uh, you know, expenditure or whatnot. Uh, you know, if you've gone through all of those things and you get to that point where you say, we're still going to have problems right now is the time to go talk to your banker and see if you can negotiate a forbearance agreement. Okay. And maybe it's even best to do that before you start talking about a reduction in force, because if you can go to your banker and say, listen, our staff help us bring in uh, donations, our staff minister. And because they minister and because we're connected to our community, people give money to our organization and that helps us pay our mortgage. If, if we can get a forbearance so that we can continue to have our staff without having to lay people off, it's going to help us long-term banks are going to be there for the long-term. They're going to be seeing that long game. And if you can lay that out for them, they're going to say, okay, let's talk about a forbearance agreement. Let's talk about an interest only uh, period on your loan where you're only paying the interest for six months, maybe for a year you're only paying the interest or maybe we just forbear. Maybe we, you know what, everybody's suffering a little bit. Why don't we just write some of this off and we call it a charitable donation and we as a bank get some goodwill because we're helping out a church that's doing good in our community or what there are all sorts of different things that might happen, but you've got to go talk to them right now. If you wait until it's too late, if you wait until you're behind the eight ball, you wait until everything else is recovered, but your church is still struggling you're not going to find near as much sympathy as you're going to find right now. Yeah. So right now is the time to go and, and, and make some of those inquiries on your debt, go and ask how we can renegotiate some of those things. Now here's the caveat. There are some bankers out there. Okay. This is the world we live in. This is what sin does to the world. There are some bankers out there right now who you go to them and, and say, we need to do this. And they're, going to hem haul with you and, and they may play hardball. And I have been in situations where uh, a bank just didn't want to service a note anymore. Uh, and they were doing everything they could to, to not have the mortgage on this church. And it got to the point to where the church had to file for chapter 11 bankruptcy in order to protect itself uh, and to force the bank to the negotiating table on renegotiating this debt. Uh, and, and it's okay. That if we have to do that, we've got to do it. But um, most bankers, Okay. Most banks are not going to want a church on their books. Okay. Because really a church is good for one thing. And that is a church. It's going to be hard for them to sell a church to anybody else, but a church, maybe to a school um, or private school, maybe they can get that done. But for the most part, it's really kind of useless uh, as, as anything else other than a church. And so most bankers are going to want to do everything they can to keep from foreclosing. And so if you'll just go sit down, talk to them, explain the situation have a plan, have some solutions. Here's what we're going to do. They're going to be a whole lot more willing to work with you right now than they will be in the future after everything starts to recover. Josh, that is a ton of good information, especially, you know, during this, this moment right now where a lot of people need that help, right? And a lot of church leaders need to know where to go. Uh, where can, if they do have some questions about this or, or needing some resources, where can they go right now? Yeah, absolutely. Go to lawnchurch.com. Um, you, you know, especially if you're looking at the possibility of having to lay people off, because that's where, again, that's the first place people go a lot of times. If you're in that position, I've got a sample severance agreement that we've got on sale. Again, it usually goes for around $20. We're going to knock it down to about five. Uh, and you can use that as many times as you need to. It's your document forever. Um, I have to put the caveat on there. Don't use it without legal help. But the, the, the document is there for you to look at. And so you can kind of know exactly 
um, you know, some of the components of what you need to be talking about and, and what you need to be discussing. Um, but, but ultimately that's going to be out there, lawnchurch.com. And again, if you need help walking through any of these things, if you need help talking to your banker, if you need help, uh, going through a reduction in force, if you need, uh, help talking about, uh, in any of this stuff, yeah. recouping some of your expenses or having policies in place that, that will govern what you do with excess income or how you report your unrelated business income. If you, if you get to that point, whatever the case may be, give us a call. That's why we're here. You can go up to lawnchurch.com. There's ways you can interact with us there. You can get the the document to, that, that's out there. Uh, all that stuff is there. Give us a holler. We'll be happy to help you in the way we can. Awesome. Awesome. That's been another episode of Law and Church, and all the resources we've talked about today will be in the show notes. Uh, you can get those show notes on the Church Law blog at thechurchlawgroup.com or on our podcast website at lawandchurch.com. And of course, the show notes will always be available in your favorite podcasting app. That's right. And go do us a favor. Please go subscribe and review to our podcast. Listen, our heart is for the local church, and there are church leaders who really need to hear this stuff. And your review and subscription of the podcast just makes it that much more likely. And certainly we're going to be talking about stuff next week uh, that you're going to want to hear as we go into more detail. So uh, your subscription is also going to help make sure that you have access to that. And so uh, go do that. And then also make sure to go join the Church Law Group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, search Law and Church, and you will find that group. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thanks, everyone. And we will uh, see you next week.